genre. where we discuss the history and legends of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Gary. And I'm Tim. And we have our first guest. Welcome, Nick Jimenez, to the show. Hello, happy to be here. Happy to have you. I'm very excited. Yeah, thanks for coming, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was thinking about Tim and I were talking about like wanting to have guests for some of these like banter episodes. And because we haven't really had a chance to talk High Republic stuff yet, I was like, who do I know from doodling genre who is definitely reading High Republic books? <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's uh, obviously not much out yet, but uh, we have enough that we can sort of yeah. see the direction of it and, and everything. And uh, yeah, so this will be a episode about High Republic and, and other stuff. So um Nick, why don't uh, you, since this is first time on the show, first time, uh, how about a, you guys have like a background? What, what's your Star Wars background? What are your favorite movies when you first watch them? That kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lifelong thing. It, it really feels like something that I inherited from my family. My brother was born in the 70s, so he is really of like the John Favreau generation, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I can I can't remember the first time I saw Star Wars, but I vividly remember the first time when I was given as a present uh, the the VHS trilogy collection Ooh, with yes. the uh, the Leonard Malton George Lucas interviews at the beginning. Absolutely, yes, I know exactly and, this. And that was a life changer because up until then I was beholden to. I remember I used to get the Sunday TV listings, and I would like scan for Star Wars every week. Amazing, uh, yeah. <laughs> But now I could watch them whenever I wanted. So and then, you know, I was the perfect age when the prequels were coming out. I was I remember being in fourth grade and getting picked up from school and going straight to the movies to watch Attack of the Clones. Um, And like Gary said, in episode one, kind of being too young to understand that these like maybe weren't as good or that people didn't like them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but then kind of understanding why they were flawed as I got older and. And I'm still into it. I, I love the sequel trilogy. And then I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this, like, new having so much stuff to consume and read. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of just, like, new content this year. Like, not just the – like, High Republic was supposed to be the end of the year last year, I think, is when it was going to start. And everything got pushed to January. So we have our regular slate of, like, new books and new content. And then also all of this High Republic stuff coming out right now. I think like five books have been published in the last three months. They're all just Star Wars stories. Yeah. Um, which is a really high, like more, more than, more than we usually get in a given like span. Yeah, it's, you know? it's a lot. I think they probably wouldn't want to do that. It had things all, all been normal, but um, yeah, yeah. You typically don't want to step on your own toes, but um, no, it reminds me a lot of uh, in the mid nineties when they did the shadows of the empire. Um, and you had the book Shadows of the Empire. You had like a six issue comic. You had all these new action figures um, and you had the video game as, as well. Um, yeah. So it definitely seems like they they kind of wanted to do that. I think that was more of a can we merchandise Star Wars without a movie was the, the idea with um, I, Shadows. You just for the first time, I'm thinking like, I wonder how long it is before we get High Republic action figures. 
can I get an I, Avar Chris, please? Yeah, that would I was be great. Just about to say, I would, yeah, Loden Great Storm. Yeah, oh, Loden Great Storm. I Loden love Great him. Storm. Would be cool. Yeah, or uh, and any sort of video game, and it doesn't have to be about you know. Yeah, it's funny that we already have like the big three, even though you know we we haven't had the book about. Um, and I'm for, I'm blanking on his name now because he was barely in the first book. Alar. Um, yeah. This, so, no, Avar Chris talks about um, what's his name? Um, and I'm I, he's my favorite too. Why am I blanking? I should really have <laughs> notes out here. Um, Yoda. Yeah, yeah. She talks about Yoda. No, um, Avar talks about her and two other Jedi that kind of grew up together. Um, oh, um, Elzar Man. Elzar Man, and I then love him. the other guy that's not—he's going to be like yeah, the main. Even less. Yeah, he's barely in it at all. Um, oh, I don't know who the I third love, one is. I love the kind of like it, it gave me sort of like Harry Potter trio energy when she described their upbringing. I'm like, God, I can picture that even being like a series that I would read. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, gosh, what is his name? Young Avar, um, Young Elzar, and oh, the whole. Well, we can we can we'll get into yeah, Light we'll of the Jedi. Yeah, I yeah. love the relationship between her Stellan and Geos. Stellan Geos. That's oh, his name. OK, um, cool. But yeah, the they three of them pretty high batting cool. average on memorable names. But every once in a while, it's like, OK, which one was that? Yeah. Who was? Yeah. They? It's just a, it's just a lot of new characters at once. Um, how do we feel about <laughs> this era so far? To to me, it feels like. Um, I was kind of not very impressed with it. Okay. Um, cause I was hoping like, okay, we're going to reset. Um, like I don't mind, like I, I enjoyed it, but like I was, I think it, it was one of those things where I kind of hyped myself up with my own imagination before it came out. Sure. And, uh, Lots then when I, what I got, I was like, okay, well that's not as good, but <laughs> <laughs> what I was hoping for, but what, what it, what it feels to me is it just feels like prequel era expanded universe stuff. Sure. Like there's nothing really in it that makes me feel like, oh, this is a hundred years before that, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, they kind of talk about, they try to be like, oh, well, hyperdrive works a little bit differently yeah. and uh, you know, Bacta hasn't really Bacta's been around. brand new. Yeah. And that's like it. That's all that you can, <laughs> you know, that's it as far as like, this is why this is earlier. Oh, and I guess uh, Yoda is sexier now. Uh, <laughs> He's also like on sabbatical or something. He's just like not around while stuff's happening right now. Well, at least in the first book. Um, but yeah, he's, but yeah, so I guess that's, that's kind of it. And I was kind of hoping that, you know, okay. So since Night Seal Republic is not canon anymore, mm -hmm. um, you can actually do, and Night Seal Republic was like, technology is basically the same as it is in the prequels. And that's yeah. like 3000 years prior. I was like, well, now Disney can do their own like kind of timeline. Okay, here's how things evolve over the period of years. But I feel like they didn't really do that. Like, you don't really see a, a change in technology yeah, that much. It, um, change is slow in the Star Wars universe. It's two hundred years ago, and like we have a few different ship names, but like the society at large seems mostly unchanged. Right. Nick, how do you um? How do you feel so far? What do you what do you think? Um, so 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 far for me, uh, what, what I've been had a chance to read is I've read Light of the Jedi. I have my uh, Barnes and Noble exclusive copy right here in case I want to nice. reference anything. Um, I own Into the Dark by Claudia Gray, but I read things in a queue. 
So okay. I have to like, get to it. <laughs> I'm uh, about a hundred pages from the end of Into the Dark. It's very fun. Oh, that's so I love Claudia Gray. So yeah, she's great. I'm, I'm excited. And then I read the first issue of the comic, which I enjoyed because I really enjoyed the the glimpse that we got of that character, the Jedi Master, the the the, the dinosaur man. I can't think of his alien name. Um, the the Jedi uh, and. So yeah, I, I had a lot of fun reading that first issue and getting the. I'm glad I read all of Light of the Jedi because Starlight Beacon and mm-hmm. Ava right. Bar they got to live in my brain first before mm-hmm. I got to see them illustrated. Yeah, so yeah. It, it was a cool experience getting to see that visualized. I was really swept away by Light of the Jedi. I had a really fun time reading it. Um, to me, I kind of I don't. Uh, the Jedi were so immediately romantic and cool and kind of to me when I when I would go back and watch like Clone Wars and stuff after reading Light of the Jedi, I was struck by the difference of they seem more they kind of was like Vulcan like. There's a warmth and a logic to them mm-hmm. that it makes me really yeah. appreciate how like gross like wartime Jedi get in Clone War era. Yeah. Uh, we're like, there's no other way. I'm like, gosh, this, they wouldn't even have these conversations in Light of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, I was a big fan of like the naval Star Trek space battles. It, yeah, those were me, cool. Yeah, and it, it, to me, it distinguished it enough from the kind of tried and true uh, kind of submarine space battles that we get. Um, right. I uh, yeah, and I, I was I was really into like the Republic stuff. I was actually having so much fun just exploring the world that that was least interesting about the book to me was the Nile. Yeah. Um, Which are kind of like Lobo space bikers. (laughs) Yeah. I, I really liked, um, I really liked the Nile. I thought there's a lot of potential for them. Yeah. I thought they were cool. I thought um, the kind of hierarchy that they have was pretty, pretty cool. And like the kind of where it's like, um, it's not like a strict, like, okay, everyone has to do this. Mm-hmm. It's you kind of have th- three and a half leaders and it's kind of a power struggle at all time. They they call yeah. themselves different aspects of a storm for a reason, because it's just kind of chaos. But in a in a <laughs> mm-hmm. group, which is kind of I like that. Um, yeah, it it is cool having like impulsive, emotional villains as opposed to like villains like the Sith or the Empire that are yeah. this rigid right. doctrine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I liked the three you know, the three leaders, um, you know, what Lorna is it? Pan Ada. my favorite. You like Lorna D just because she <laughs> has a D who named her ship after herself. She's cool. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And yeah. And Casa, which I feel like they mostly focus on Casa. Yeah. In the book. Um, and then of course, Martian, um, who feels like as I was reading it, I was like, this is how Kylo I wish Kylo was a little bit more like this. Um, kind of more. Yeah, uh, kind of heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously burdened by his family also, which is a Star Wars trope. But um, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I liked I like Martian uh, Rowe a lot. And uh, speaking of Nile, there's the uh, the supporting character, uh, Wetbulb, the evil Gungan. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Wetbub was my absolute favorite. I I think I even tweeted about. I was like, <laughs> there is a Gungan pirate, and he is fantastic. Great. And he is literally named Wetbub because Wet he Bub. covers himself in blood when he's done fighting. What <laughs> a like, badass! 
I'm all for a more a stronger Gungan presence in Star Wars going yeah, forward. Totally. I'm also um I'm just I'm really intrigued by the sort of composition of the Nihil that's just made up of a bunch of just they're raiders from all different races and and worlds. And they they have access to different hyperspace lane. Like they can travel yeah, through hyperspace in a way that no one else can. So, hyperspace is so limited right now that it like right. matters that they don't have to stick to these preordained lanes that are established. Yeah. Right. So so that was kind of one of the most interesting things is to me is mm-hmm. they really kind of explained how hyperspace worked, at least then. Yeah. It seemed like at least back then you needed to know where a lane was to get in and out of hyperspace. And they yeah, you couldn't just it. jump from anywhere. They describe it because, like, you know, back in, in the movies, we we kind of call it inter- interchangeably light speed or hyperspace, and it's kind of the same. So you kind of think yeah. it's just a thing that you, um, you know, kind of turn on and your ship goes fast. But they kind of explain it as you're actually kind of going into its own, like, dimension. Yeah, they called it um, supraliminal space, I think, at one point. I think that came up. That might have come up in intro, into the dark and not in Light of the Jedi, but I saw I, I searched oh, cool. this term recently. Supraliminal topography yeah. is like the study of hyperspace lanes. So it's yeah, it's kind of a whole yeah because well they there's the there's the two cartographers in in the in the book in Light of the Jedi um, yeah. that they talk about, um, but they kind of do and you kind of have to map your way through this. And that's kind of what the calculations are doing is you're mm-hmm. mapping your way through this weird, like other dimension that is also kind of part of our dimension. I don't know. It's like a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's I, I was I found that really fascinating, kind of like the new it's a new thing to think about in Star Wars. And obviously it's a it's changes, obviously, by the time we get to present, I guess, present day Star Wars, whatever that is. It's sure. A long time ago, I guess. But um, <laughs> when Han is able to enter light speed from a hangar and come out of light speed on top of Starkiller base, basically yeah. like it kind of makes it a little sure. different. Cause it's not like he's timing light anymore. Like people were always <laughs> like, how do you have those reflex? It's like, no, you're, he's timing coming out of another dimension essentially, which is, mm-hmm. yeah. When you look at what like Hera is able to do in episodes of rebels, you're like, Whoa, mm-hmm. like we kind of have come a long way in some regards. Yeah. Cause right now, um, it seems like it seems like hyperspace as it's used in like present Star Wars stories um, is very mu- is is much more similar to the way that the Nihil are currently using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like they're passing, but it's not because they're it's also not, passing yeah. through through predetermined predetermined lanes, right? At, like different angles and things like that's what causes this great yeah. disaster, which we can get into if we want to. Yeah, actually, you know, the joy for reading it for me, the fun was it sometimes felt like re- a disaster movie, like yeah. Independence Day or Day After Tomorrow, yeah. more than a war story, because it's about all these different people, people who aren't Jedi, like engineers mm-hmm. or pilots that the Jedi are like, look, we need you. We need help. Um, yeah, we, it takes we the, we all have to band together and solve this mystery to help each other. And it was this kind of like optimistic, again, very kind of Gene Roddenberry utopian mm-hmm. version of Star Wars. I also think it's a really, um, a really fantastic, like galactic wide threat that's not centered on a single person, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the thought of hyperspace not working anymore 
just collapses the entire republic. Like, right? Yeah, you can't well, like function. Of, no, just just the poor, just the poor ones we don't care about on the outer well, rim. Yeah, if you can't travel like, through actually... hyperspace lanes, the core doesn't matter as much either. You, you, you guys mentioned how this is kind of similar to the prequels. There's like some chapters that in, are involved with like politics where governors are like, look, you can't just shut this down. My people need fruit and you can't. Yeah. And it was pretty interesting to watch like the government try to respond to this tragedy, this, yeah. this, this threat. And I wonder when I got running. to those parts, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is life imitates art or if this is art imitating life with the COVID oh. shutdowns and yeah. actually having big, big time governors saying you know we can't keep this shut down you know we have to keep it going and it's like well we don't know if it's going to happen again yeah yeah Yeah. um so it's kind of interesting yeah and there was there was like a west wing quality to it of like oh yeah this is like everyone here is so smart (laughs) and (laughs) capable yeah yeah i don't know yeah i liked i liked that stuff i i overall really enjoyed that that the, the light of the jedi book i did too um, um, I, I've read a few of the comics, um, and they're kind of just more adventures in that time, which I like. Um, it's the, the comic that I read, I, I haven't started the second one that just came out. I think it's like High Republic Adventures or something like yeah. that. Um, but the one that I was reading, it's kind of like, it's about Skier, the Trandoshan, um, yeah. Trandoshan like Jedi him. and his, and his, uh, apprentice, who's pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they're just sort of like more ex- uh, adventures in that timeline. Do they, are they, do they take place before the disaster? After, because like, Skier's missing his arm. Okay. Um, which happens in the book. Yeah. Um, but it's, so yeah, it's, I definitely, if anyone's wondering where do I get into this, just, just read Light of the Jedi. And yeah. then you can kind of go th- from anywhere around, yeah. you know, uh, because everything kind of centers it really on the like, book. Yeah, establishes what what all everything is going on. Yeah, uh, I really I really enjoyed the uh, if we want to talk spoilers, the in- inclusion of the Santeca family in light of yeah. Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me Santeca. too. Yeah. Um, which yeah, we see Lore Santeca. Obviously, they live on Naboo. Right. Is, which I think is really is really is really interesting. Yeah, they're they're and. Yeah, and they're they're um they're partners, which I like too. That was you know, um, mm-hmm. and they did a good yeah they did a good job. Uh, I think portraying them and and kind of like they're not bad people. They have a secret, which is they're you know not at liberty really to divulge, but they still yeah. help as mm-hmm. best they can. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder like how much. So I wonder how much the other books are going to follow, like. This one definitely feels like it's like doing all the world building and like establishing what this era is going to be. Yeah. Um, but like the comics also, uh, Claudia Gray's Into the Dark is just a much smaller, more focused story on like what's going on with this one particular group of Jedi while the disaster is happening. Okay. Um, and I've now gotten to a point where, um, the last like hundred pages I have of this book do take place after the end of light of the Jedi. So like we're passing the torch a little bit further forward, but yeah. I don't know like whether we'll get an when we'll get another book. That's like, that feels as galaxy spanning as light of the Jedi did. Or like, well, if the no, Santa a, will pop back up somewhere, there's, an, or... there's what's the the one that's coming out in July. What's that one called? Uh, uh, oh yeah. 
They released that like graphic a few months. The Rising Storm by Kavan Scott. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. There you go. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure sense. that one's like the direct sequel. So that one's going to pick up where Light of the Jedi. Interesting. Yeah, I remember I remember on my on my jacket, the back jacket, that's the one that's advertised as don't miss book two, the rising storm. Oh, OK. Right, right, right. right. Got it. I and see. It, into the so dark. Then we just have these other that are like supplemental. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Also, it is a little. Yeah, please. I wonder if this is like a publisher specific thing, right? The adult books are published by Del Rey, which is distributed by Penguin Random House. And mm-hmm. the, the kids books are Lucas Publishing, which is Hachette. Um, hmm. so they're like in the same world, but they're put out by different publishers. So it sort of makes sense. Like, and it doesn't make, I don't think it makes sense, but like the books that are tied, that are, that are referenced in each other. Like if you open the, the front of light of the Jedi and it says, here's all the stuff that's coming up, it'll only show the adult books and not the kids ones. Huh. Interesting. Um, yeah, because they're just different publishing houses. Well, I, to be honest, I probably was not going to read uh, Into the Dark. It's really, I was I like, like it eh, it's yeah, okay. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't think I'm, I think I have to kind of allocate my uh, that makes entertainment sense. There's, there's stuff. There's too, there's too there's much. There's too much. Um, yeah. But the one thing that made me want to read that one is I'm hearing about a pilot that is literally just a rock named yes, Geode. Yes, his name is Geode and he's the best. Oh, great. I, I love Geode. Yeah, I need to, I need to read this uh, book. He is the of co-pilot this. of uh, a ship that's just called The Vessel, uh, who is piloted by a guy named Leox Giasi, who is just a hippie. He's just okay. a hippie. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I really like him. He's like hauling a bunch of spice when the disaster happens. Oh, so yeah. So, yeah, I got to read this for Geode. One of my favorite parts about Light of the Jedi was its ability to just immediately latch on to these characters in just like a few pages mm-hmm. where you immediately care yeah. about Avar Chris and Loden Great Storm and all these characters. And, and when they when they are killed suddenly, you know, because it's a disaster movie or story, you, you care about them, even though they've only been in the book for mm-hmm. like a few pages. Right. Yeah. And that was that was actually kind of my problem getting into the book is I'm like, OK, hang on. <laughs> Who's, well, my problem getting into any Star Wars book is I do not memorize the names of every um, yeah. race. So a lot of it, it is me like going. Pokedex. Yeah, you literally have to have it up and like or like Wikipedia up because yeah. they'll say this person is a blah, blah, blah. And his dark tentacles were blah, blah. I'm like, wait, OK, hang on. <laughs> like, all have tentacles. Yeah. I'm like, OK, so where do he, this one's tentacles come from? <laughs> like, you know, I always have to like, you know, kind of go through and be like, oh, Star he's Wars one of those. Need appendix, appendixes. You almost wish they would like to... break the fourth wall and be like, this one's like Admiral Akbar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, Give me footnotes. Yeah. This one's this guy from the cantina. You remember him. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. Or just like the comics do in some comics where they just have a picture of them at the beginning. It's like, that's this person. Oh, it's that's like, okay, a great cool. idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, there you go. That's that. That's them. Got it. Because um, it's a little different than when you're reading a, a quote, normal science fiction book where you kind of get to create what the aliens look like. With, with this being a Star Wars right. book, there is like a set way. There's, yeah, established yeah. Yeah. So it's like at the beginning, I'm trying to learn all these people's names and also their races and try to keep. Oh, that's this one. Like it took me a while to remember that Loden was a Twi'lek. 
Yeah. Like, because mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, they don't, they mention it once at the beginning and then you're like, okay, but they also mentioned a whole bunch of other, mm-hmm. um, then I'd be like, oh no, he's on the cover. Got it. You know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was just kind of glancing at the cover. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so it's just like, okay, yeah, you just got to keep, you know, it's, it's kind of a unique challenge with Star Wars books. Definitely. I'm a big fan of that concept art that they released. I'm, I'm, they should include those in the books. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, be the really ones, helpful. Like the, the art, yeah, those are cool. I really, oh, this is completely um, out of left field, but I really love the use of lightsabers in this book because they don't have anything to fight really with lightsabers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's they have new technology, like the they start their ships by entering their lightsaber into like like a key, Interesting. so that yeah. no one else. That's fun. Yeah. No one else they're, besides they're... yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're ships, the Jedi ships that are almost gliders. Like, they make a point yeah, of saying like that there's nothing. The vectors. Yeah. The vectors. The vectors. Those are really cool. Yeah, I want to see those. And that's a, a shame that we don't have a show or anything, because I want to see them in, like, action. Yeah. I so my love... understanding... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, please. No, I'd say I would love a video game of some sort. Oh, definitely. I, my, my understanding is that that show, the, the, uh, the Star Wars show, The Disciple or The Acolyte. The Acolyte is... The set. Acolyte. Mm-hmm. At the end of the High Republic era, which is it says the show will focus on the emergence of dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic. Oh, really? Yeah. Look at oh, this. Wow. T- the title, the title card, um, the word acolyte looks like it's made of metal, but it's been like carved through with the saber. It's like all melted. Oh, that's sweet. So this whole thing's kind of a like, I mean, it's its own thing, but the, it's the lead up to the High Republic. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, I don't know if I'm ready to see the end of the High Republic already. I'm having such a fun time in this. Yeah, I wonder how long the High Republic is going to last. Three years. Mm -hmm. Three years? No. (laughs) It's just like, can you imagine if it was that short? They made this big deal. (laughs) Like, there's a whole new era of Star Wars. It's three years. No, but I mean, like, there's clearly like a big arc story that they're telling. Right, right, right. Right? We're probably going to get other content that happens during the era. But, like, I wonder how long until we get to, like, this is the final act yeah. of the high republic they're heavily think... hinting that Markion's family is something important you know yes yeah he comes from something Skywalker. his name He's is Skywalker. not even his real name like oh yeah very again curious. i'm so i mean there's a reason episode eight is one of my favorites of the movies but like i would be so like if they are hinting at all this and they're like yeah his real name is paul it's just like it's just like some random name it's like yeah obviously he would change it martian's way cooler (laughs) yeah it's way cooler what a cool (laughs) name why would i why would i keep paul (laughs) paul roe paul roe his last name's still the same he's the age old the star wars tradition of changing your first name but not your last name (laughs) um some really cool force stuff as well some really cool like force stunts oh Yeah. yeah What was your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Like, oh my god, we've never seen a Jedi do this before. I I have one. I'm. I'm. It may be. We may all have the same one. It might all be the same one. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours, Tim? Uh, uh freaking uh, Elzar Man and Avar Chris making it rain. Yes. Literally yes. making it rain. I thought that not only was the actual power awesome, but the way it was written and the way oh, so cool. It's from Avar's point of view, and she's kind of hyped Elzar as like. 
he always tries new stuff. He doesn't like to use the Force the same way twice. He's yeah. always he's kind of like an experimental Jedi. And uh, you, she kind of looks at him, and he's just like, "I got an idea." Mm-hmm. And like, it's it's so cool because she kind of goes, "They don't, they can't read each other's minds," but she kind of feels it, and she's like, yeah. "Oh, this is what he's doing." And he just kind of looks at her, and like, it's kind of like they do like the unwritten unspoken understanding and it's like you don't even know if they're using the force or if they just know each other that well you know because oh, been... i think it's a little bit of both yeah it's kind of both um where he just kind of looks at her and she's like what are you doing and he's like help me yeah in a way that's not like i can't do this but it's like yeah i could use your help you know we're we're good together kind of yeah. thing yeah they go look yeah. you had something that you were gonna no, that that was great, and and that was a cool moment because that was also them helping out the the cool like engineer guy Tar, and it was just I like a that great, engineer great guy. Yeah, of everyone coming together. Yeah. Um, I was oh, a really man. big fan of when all of the Jedi had to work together to move the debris, and yes. you yeah, because it was well one of the cool things that this book introduces that Charles Soul introduces like uh, like Tim mentioned is like. Every, the Jedi see the Force in different ways. Amar yeah. hears it as a song, and she listens to the song of the Force. And it was just a really beautiful way to like differentiate the Jedi of like, yeah, these weren't always just like soldiers or warriors. They right. It's yeah, like and and it it was just it was a cool new way to look at the Force uh, and the Jedi and really make them like, oh yeah, this is actually kind of inspiring way that they're like coming together it's like you know like a lot of them died doing this thing just moving a a thing to the left yeah yeah yep yeah i loved i loved that and i really really love the different ways of looking at the force yeah experiencing the force because it Mm -hmm. it would be something that's personal right it would be something that you would that would be different for every person every jedi and you know because, you know, she, you know, Avar, you know, looks at it like a song and they talk a lot about like, oh, no, like I can hear the melody, but it's missing a note. And I'm trying to find that note. And that's the way she yeah. can convert. That's the way she conveys her trying to search something's wrong with the force. She um, also like I like this sort of idea that everyone has like we've seen it before, but the way people relate to the force, not only how they see it or view it or understand it, but like what they can do with it. Cause also Avar can sort of like connect people like more easily than other people can. She's the one who's like the center pillar of this galaxy wide effort to, to stop the, uh, Tabana gas from hitting the sun and right. Ruining the whole, um, Hetzal system. And I thought that was really, really fascinating. I like the sort of broader spectrum of like potential the the Jedi's potentiality that we're seeing yeah, here. Yeah, I like that. I can't remember who it was. Someone sees the Force as like like they were looking through darkness and they were trying to find a light. Mm. Like yeah. when they were trying to find the one thing. I can't remember which which Jedi that was, oh. but I really do enjoy the new ways of different Jedi experiencing yeah. and it. And is it isn't it Elzar that just sees it as like the ocean? Yeah. Yes, he sees yeah. it like an ocean. I love Elzar Man so much. He's very cool. Inventor of the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Which He's the one who calls it name. a trick. <laughs> yeah, the one, one who calls it a trick. Wait, did they say he invented it? No. no it's it, it just that he came up yeah. with a name. He's, he came up with a name. Like, it's a trick. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what did they call it? They called it before. They called it like I think it was the, the Jedi mind, mind touch. 
Mind touch, that's that. what it was. Yeah. yeah. Something that is much more I so I really hate making force powers light side or dark side. I think that's something that Kotor may have started. Uh Knights of the Republic started, but I yeah. think the force is always a tool. Just mm-hmm. like anything else, you can use a hammer to build a house or you can use it to kill someone. Yeah. You know, it's it's not the hammer itself is not a intrinsically good or bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um like Ray and Force Lightning. Yeah, like yeah. force like Ray's Force Lightning. Like and I think the mind trick is exactly that, right? Like it's inherently not a good or bad thing, but if you were to <laughs> I feel like it. that's that's yeah, that's one of those where you have to Depends on how you use it. But if you just look at that thing and you're just making, if you look at that power, it's like, oh, this could be very easily used for evil. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. But yeah, it's funny that there's so many Jedi use it primarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a Jedi in Into the Dark, Comac. Uh, I'm forgetting his last name right now, who um has some very intense moments where he's like he's wrestling with grief because he's lost somebody and the looking at the force and being like we're supposed to be open to using the force as a, like the force is a tool it's a thing that's there like why are we closing ourselves off to embracing like all this potential for potential that it can be used for uh, we're supposed to deeply feel all of our emotions, but not those ones like uh, very much like scrutinizing it in a way that I'm really interested in. But I'm also yeah. very worried about like what's going to happen to this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I like that that's encouraged too, though, that to kind of like, you know, go and explore that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Tim. that's actually kind of like I find that to kind of look at this as a little bit as a way of looking at the world. It's interesting that in times of, um, in good times, I guess, when they're, when people have enough and there is harmony and there isn't a lot of conflict, people have time and room to explore new mm-hmm. ideas and look at, you know, cause like the, 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 um, counselor right. is like, put, puts an emphasis on like the arts and like music and different kinds. So it's, it's cool that when, in a time where there isn't a lot of war, things are allowed to get more sciencey and explory. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I, Oh, uh, I really love, um, what is the Wookiee? Buriaga. Uh, Buriaga. Yeah. Buriaga Agaburi. I love the, him. The saddest, uh, Jedi. I love him so much. <laughs> he his like special connection, the way he connects with the force very well is he empathizes extremely well. He's like very strong empathy, but he is no one can speak Wookiee. No one can speak Sherwook. Yeah. So he like can't like he can't comfort the people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the refugees of the great disaster and everything. And I'm like, this is so sad. He has it's to so feel sad. for them. But he but, can't like, like he can't like share, yeah. yeah. And he also feels so lonely, which is really sad because no one's really sure appreciate what... Han for just knowing what little Sherwood that he does and Solo. Yeah, yeah, really, for real. Yeah, it definitely helps. And you see why Chewie would be so loyal. Literally, Chewie's just loyal to anyone who can understand him. Like, oh, you listen to <laughs> That's me. That's the real. Everyone's like, oh, he's got this life debt. Like, it's like, no, no, he just. There's like three people in the universe that can understand. Him. <laughs> Uh, I don't but think yeah. I can. I, I I really love how well established each of these new characters are, because I don't think I can pick a favorite of like 
which which of these Jedi I am like the biggest fan of. Right. Like, I think I think all of them are really well defined. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd pick Elzar Man as my favorite. But that's- I, th- I also think I'd pick Elzar Man. But but um, I I really, really love this Padawan Wreath Silas, who's the the principal character in Into mm-hmm. the Dark. He's the Padawan of Jorah Mali. Um, who, who we lose in the end of light of the Jedi. I'm waiting for that moment where he finds out, I know it's going to be devastating. Wow. Um, but he's like very bookish. He wants to just like stay on Coruscant and study the archives and like not be a fighter. Um, and his growth is like this character. I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why Bell Zetifer is also really Um, good. I'm very excited to see like, yeah. Which one? Uh, Bell Zetifer, I think, was Loden's apprentice. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like him. He's cool, I and I, they did a good job of like him learning too, mm-hmm. and the way and showing the way that Loden. I loved, I loved Loden just like throwing him out of ships and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> jumping off buildings. To him, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna die now. Yeah, but Loden's always like, no, nah, no, nah. like we got this. What do you think's gonna happen to Loden? I, I love that cliffhanger. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with that. I think he'll. Because it kind of, yeah, it's a classic serial storytelling. of like, well, now I have to get the next book. I have to find out what happens, you know? Yeah. yeah. I have to know what happens to Load and Great Story. I'm so scared for him. And I'm, I'm definitely getting the next one. I think of, for me, Avar Chris is the one where if there was like a Legends figure of Avar, I'd be like, I, I think I might have to have that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the bigger Jedi, I think, Avar, uh, Loden, Elzar Man, I would probably get figures of those. Definitely. It'd be very obscure. I but think Skier is cool. Skier, and then he'd have to have a removable arm? How cool would that be? How cool would that be? It'll grow back. <laughs> It'll be it fine. Grow back. He's a lizard. <laughs> Which, that's an, I wonder if, I, had they established that the Trandoshans can, can regrow their limbs? limbs? Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea that either. I think that's really cool, though. It makes sense. Both options are cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. No, yeah. It's overall, I'm very happy with this. I probably won't be reading every single thing in the High Republic era, but I'm definitely reading the main books and any of the comics that I can. Yeah. I'm going to try to keep up with them, but then I'm also trying to keep up with like other other books, like the the third Alphabet Squadron book from um, Alexander Freed just came out at the beginning of this month also. Uh, victory's price which i haven't started yet but i really loved the first two yeah what other star wars stuff are you guys are you guys keeping up or is it mainly high republic right now mostly just high republic for me right now but like i said i'm I'm definitely gonna read that alphabet squadron book yeah nick are you reading or reading or watching or anything yeah so i uh, i recently finished rebels like maybe two months ago okay, okay. what do you think that was cool uh, I really loved it. I, I yeah. it ended up it ended really, really strong. And uh, and now I'm making my way through resistance. I'm like four or five episodes into resistance. And I just That's, I re- I'm 10 episodes into resistance right now. Oh, cool. I so yeah, I really about the same. Yeah, I I really love the sequel era. And I think it's already getting kind of swept under the rug a little bit. So I'm like yeah. hungry for anything in that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Definitely. right there. Well, that that comment or that that show in particular, I feel like it was someone just what is Tim like? And then they just threw it into 
<laughs> like they're like, oh, Tim likes racing. Cool. Tim likes pilots. Cool. Here cool. we go. Like, and you know, we like Poe Dameron. Cool. Where you know he's gonna be in the oh, show. Oh, and like, it's such and a it's cool Oscar setting too. for a show. Yeah. yeah. And I was, but then I I started watching it. and I was like, oh, as much as all of, like the stuff I'm interested in is in here, I am not the target demographic. This no. is it skews a little young, even for a Star Wars animated series. Like, yeah, people yeah. Get I was straight like, okay, murdered. It's, and rebels like every episode but like, no yeah gets... yeah this one's more for like younger kids probably like eight to ten i feel like is probably about where it's what it's sh- shot at so once you once you kind of wrap your head around that though and you're like all right this isn't they still have some really heavy beats as the show i mean the same thing all the star wars shows do this right i think they yeah. start um skewing even younger than than the show like grows to mm-hmm. um because they the stuff that's happening, it takes place concurrent with the sequel movies. So like, right. The destruction of, um, Hosnian prime and stuff like happens during the show. Uh, and you fall out from stuff like that. Decisions like that, that they end up dealing with later. Um, I enjoyed it overall. That's not one I think I'm going to go back and revisit the same way. I go back to like clone wars episodes though. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was already sold when they had, um, what's the, the daughter of the, um, of the the guy who owns the station. She's oh, one of yeah. the aces. She races a ship that looks like exactly like an old Porsche racing car. Amazing. Um, with a golf livery and everything. It's like a super <laughs> classic, famous race car. Um, nice. And I was like, okay, yeah, there people are doing this that are here. I think, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I was. It also kind of looks like an F Zero vehicle. Like there's kind of like an anime influence to the style that I enjoy. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's a little there is a little bit of that. But I, I overall I'm I'm enjoying it. It's it's one of those that I'm not gonna go like to anyone who likes Star Wars, oh you gotta go watch Resistance, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's something yeah. for me that I'm like, okay, I'm enjoying it. this is fun. Totally. But, yeah. Alright. How do we feel? Do we have anything else that we really wanna like touch on before we wrap up? No, yeah, it's been a lot of fun yeah, being on here today. Yeah, thanks for yeah, coming. Yeah, it was great having you. Yeah, thanks for being our first guest. Tell everyone where they yeah. can find you. Well, I mean, everyone knows that you're on Dueling Genre, but tell everyone where they can find you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, uh, Uh We just recorded the first episode to our, uh, Scott Corelli and I's new podcast, Franchiseography, where we'll be talking about Hollywood's biggest franchises, one movie at a time. Uh, the first episode is going to be about Men in Black. We're covering the Men in Black yes. series. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Love yeah. those. And uh, the first episode drops April 9th, if I'm not mistaken. And it's cool. We go pretty deep into, like, production history and trivia and how the movie got made. Yeah. That sounds... This, first, this show, I'm so excited. It's, like, right up you're in Scott's alley, like, so much. So thank you. I'm very, yeah, very first, thrilled to listen. And to, to, awesome. to keep the... Our first guest is Zach Luna, the host of Spider-Man Minute. So it's, like, two reunions. Nice. Oh, cool. Oh, so it's going to be like a four-hour episode. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) We managed to keep it under two hours, which I was very proud of. (laughs) Not by much. Fair. That sounds fun, though. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Cool. Uh... Yeah, well, thank yeah, thank you for being here, Nick. I think that'll pretty much wrap it up. Talk about yeah. the higher public. Uh, Maybe when the next next book comes out and we've all read it, we'll do another one like this. That could be fun. I'm down for that. Be, be cool good. but um yeah so i think that'll that'll pretty much wrap it up um and remember if it's not in the archives and it doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs>